Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. For the next two hours, Trent Condon and Ken Miller talk sports with you. We've got keywords both hours coming up. Your chance to win $1,000. The BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will start with Stephen Sippel from On3 Media, the latest on Nebraska, the Big Ten West with Sip as Nebraska still searching for that elusive sixth win. Uh, they will host Maryland this weekend. Uh, Sip at the bottom of the hour to talk about that and the Big Ten West. Lee Sterling is going to join us uh, from ParamountSports.com, his normal spot, about 10 minutes before the top of the hour. He's got a handful of games that he'll share his opinion with. Uh, Hour number two, two guests, and they're back-to-back in the same block. We'll start by headed to Las Vegas. Mike Palm will join us a day early. We'll get our buddy Mike Palm in here from Circus Sports, where he is the Vice President of Operations. Uh, We'll talk uh, well inside the numbers with with Mike Palm. And then at 12.15, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. You Vikings fans out there uh, didn't have this uh, lined up in time to record the promo coming up on Miller and Condon, but uh, he is coming up on Miller and Condon. Paul Allen, at 12.15, we will I'll reminisce a little bit about Josh Dobbs and what he was able to accomplish uh, last week, the improbable victory uh, for the Vikings and where they go from here uh, as they get um, set for another week. Their bye is late this year, I want to say. I think it's like early December. They finally get their bye week. Uh, They host the Saints this week who are in the driver's seat, in a lot of people's mind, in the NFC South. Drake wins. Jason Benendi is gone. Those two have nothing to do with each other, <laughs> no. uh, but there are some of the headlines here this morning uh, and from last night. How are you, Trent Condon? Doing all right. Had a, another win, winning night, so that was uh, a good start to things, getting that going. Watched a little NBA last night. You did? Watched the Timberwolves for a while. Watched the Doggies for a little bit. I bet the Timberwolves last night to win it all. You did. Yes, I <laughs> to did. To win it all. To win it all. None of this, none of this you know, halfway, make the playoffs, make the, uh, the, the championship game. I'm all in. All in. 65 to 1. I can't get there. Right. But if it happens... Wouldn't that be something? You'll be celebrating. Yes, indeed. And uh, I'll be celebrating. But too. they're they're playing very well, Trent. Yeah. They're playing very well. Um, there's no doubt about that. The bigs are cooperating with each other and actually uh, benefiting from each other's games, at least at this time. And Anthony Edwards is a superstar. Mm-hmm. He is a superstar. Remember coming in that, that draft... There wasn't anybody there. No, I, I no. guess Edwards, but yeah, the, or the big kid be? that um, uh, that didn't play at Memphis, that went to Memphis, <laughs> yeah. that didn't get a chance to play at Memphis, uh, goes to where Golden State. I want to say James. I can't think of his name. Never plays. Uh, but Anthony Edwards, yeah, Wiseman. Wiseman. Thank you. Uh, he's a slacker. Takes games. Not really in love with the game. He couldn't even get Georgia to the tournament. <laughs> that you heard all of these things about the dude, and a he's great with the fans. Yes. He loves where he is, seemingly. I hope it, hope it remains that way. Uh, but, yeah, this team is fun to watch. Now, how about all the people that bought tickets to watch Giannis last night? Since we're on our little NBA yes. minute or two here, and we won't go much further than that, we promise, as the goal is to keep an audience. Um, but come on, right? You, you kick him out for what? I know it was the second tee, and I never saw the first one. So yeah. he was on thin ice in the beginning. But that's not to watch you tee him up. He hollered in his face. He can't do that. 
You can't. Did he holler or did he pose? I think there was a holler. I thought it was just a facial expression. If he hollered and... Yeah, especially when he got one. He's got to be smarter. I'm not yeah. I'm not just, you know, absolving him of anything in this and blaming it all on the official, but don't you have to... It has to be pretty egregious. Those poor moms and dads that taken the kids to see their guy... Hundreds of dollars, school nights. He's out in the third quarter. So as we're talking about it, I just took another look at a different angle. Yeah, there wasn't a holler. There were there was he the He just looked at him. Yeah. There was the stare down. The Kobe grimace, you know, where he got yeah. you show the teeth. That was it. That was it. Yeah. I th- because the angle that I saw last night, I thought there was a holler there. The way that he got up in his face. You can't do that. You can't scream in somebody's face. No, no. Now watching this angle, yuck. <laughs> right. It's a bad call. Yeah. That's a bad call. That's a tough one to swallow. It is. Uh, I watched the uh, on um, on ESPN Plus. There's certainly benefits of ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. There, there clearly are. Um, I watched the Drake game last night. Mediacom had the production of it. Nemin Ecker and Larry Morgan were on the call. and It was very well done. Talk about a tale of two halves. Yes. I mean, they couldn't Drake get a stop. Couldn't get a stop. I'm guessing that DeVries, Coach DeVries, mm-hmm. lit them up in the locker room at halftime because they clamped down in the second half and this was a a different team as Drake pulls away to beat Lipsicum. But you know what? I guess there's going to be nights like this throughout the year where at number 12, we need you Mm -hmm. to just, you know, put us on your back. Please do everything. (laughs) And he basically did. I mean, Tucker DeVries was unbelievable in that game. And then the shot that Enright made. Did Mm -hmm. you see that circus shot? A, he traveled. because He did. His feet feet moved. Um but B, he knew he traveled, and he tried to make it like he was falling and throw up a shot, and, and, and it counted. But good win for Drake after Lipsicum was seemingly the better team on the floor for the first 20 minutes. Um, they need more from their bench. Their bench gave them essentially zip last night. I think mm-hmm. maybe one bucket. Nick Ferguson's got to give them more than that. And, um, but the two newbies, Wright and Overton, Overton a left-handed shooter, and, and Wright certainly uh, had a big impact on that game. But you can tell why... They were picked by so many people as the team to beat in the Valley. And I haven't seen Bradley. Right. Uh, right? And you saw you and I last mm-hmm. night, two nights ago. I didn't. Um, but you can tell that Drake's got some dudes, and this is early in the year, and this team kind of blends together and fi- figures out everybody's idiosyncrasies because there's not a lot of guys left. You know where Brody's going to be. You know what Enright's going to do, DeVries. But other than that, and Ferguson, um, not a lot of returnees, a lot of new faces. But it was. Uh, I'm glad I watched last night. And, um, again, it was the tale of two halves. Northweather is another guy I think they're going to need something from this year. Okay. He's got to come yeah. along. We saw him last year, and he got banged up. I think that was... Because I don't remember his year last he year. He was kind of a stretch four, stretch five kind okay. of guy. He'd step out and knock down some shots. I think they need a little bit out of him. He's got some size. You're right. The two backup guards, uh, Gibson and Garland, I didn't see anything that... Oh, okay. These uh-huh. need more. Because you said the bench gave them really nothing last yeah. night. Yeah. And yeah, out of the bench guys, Ferguson's the guy that we know best. So... I would guess that's probably going to be your nine. I know Rosario, I think, played seven minutes, and again, he just kind of was a dude out there, yep. didn't see anything impactful. But it's game one. It was Tucker DeVries. And <laughs> d- did you realize what he did to start the second half? He My scored God. He scored the first 17 points of the second half. For I didn't know it was that many. I, mean, I know he got off to an incredible streak. 17 straight to open up the second half. I didn't realize that. And he has the highest scoring game. In college basketball so, so far. far this season, yes. <laughs> that will get passed, but uh, for now, that, that's his. Um, yes. But yeah. Um, Maybe by uh, him. 
Maybe by him, Trent. This, this guy's a. Uh, there was one basket in particular. And there were so many last night. Just when he cut through the lane and that kind of laid it in, underhand laid it in from you know, kind of a, I don't know, um, four or five footer. Just it means he's just at a different level, mm-hmm. uh, and he certainly was last night. If you're a fan of Drake, or if you're a fan of the Valley, we can tell you that Adam Emenecker is uh, back on board with us as soon as the calendar turns to 2024, maybe a couple of weeks before that. But we'll talk Valley Weekly with our buddy Adam Emenecker. And then uh, Murph, uh, Murph and Andy, uh, Heather and Sean also will get him. Um, I think they're going to be on Thursday. So Emenecker was with us last year. We'll be back. But it was good to listen to Larry Morgan and Adam Emenecker with Mediacom last night. Jason Benetti. Yes. The voice of the Chicago White Sox. The only thing that makes that broadcast, well, I like Stone. Yes. I like Stone. I hate the White Sox. I don't. It's a tough watch. I agree with you. And one of the worst announcers in baseball history departed. (laughs) And they brought in one of my favorite people. And it made it palpable. It was. I love the broadcast. I agree. I understand White Sox fans absolutely loved what they had before. Right? Yeah. I put it on the board. Yeah. All the cliches. He yep. sucked as a broadcaster. I wasn't a fan. Him and Wimpy. <laughs> yes. Wimpy. Yep. Yeah. Um, Not a great team. No. And then they got a great but team. If, if, but if you're, if you're a White Sox fan, you thought they were a great team because yeah. that's, that was your guys. Yeah. But you're not going out of your way to watch your White or if you to turn up the game mm-hmm. because I want to listen to the Hawk and Wimpy. Now At least the, that's how I was. The easiest thing is you take... Len Casper. The radio guy. Right. Len Casper. And he moved him to TV. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons he left television to do radio is he likes broadcasting yeah. on radio more. Yeah. And there is a difference. If you've never done play by play, Ken and I have done play by play. There's a major difference. Yeah, television's a picture. Right. Radio, you're painting the picture. The whole thing. Uh-huh. You are describing everything. Yep. And as a play by play broadcaster, it is more fun. Sure. It's more fun on the radio. Because, well, we like to talk. Yep. I don't know if people realize that. <laughs> you and I like to talk and. All play-by-play people enjoy talking. Mm-hmm. And on radio, you get to do it a whole lot more. Well, if you left TV to do he's radio... He's already said he's not going. He, he, he did. He turned them down. Yeah. Wow. They're on a nationwide search. It was part of the... Who released it? I got it in front of me. It came from uh, State... Brooks Boyer, Chief Revenue and Marketing Officer for the White Sox. Okay. With Len Casper fully committed to radio, our next stop is to find the best person to pair with Steve Stone. So, A... Not kind of disappointed. It's not Casper, who I liked uh, working uh, with the Cubs, and I really like Steve Stone. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad he's staying. We'll see because there was chemistry between him and Benetti. Yes. Really good chemistry. Benetti has chemistry with everybody. Uh, yeah, he does. It doesn't matter if it's Brock Hewer or right. football, basketball, yes. or baseball. He yep. he is a professional. Oh, he's great. He is funny. Yep. He's got a wonderful Self-deprecating. voice. Yes, he has. He has everything. He is the full package yeah. as a play-by-play broadcaster. He is one of my, not just favorites, maybe all-time favorites, as a full-term mm-hmm. broadcaster. Mm-hmm. He is that good. And now in Detroit, well, I don't get Tigers games. Yeah, I do, but I mean, eh, right. when they play the Blow Jays, you know, yeah, yeah. maybe. But you got a pretty good broadcast team. Oh, so. God, yeah. I so. mean, Shulman and uh, uh, Buck Martinez are pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, you also, did we talk about Dick Bremer? Did we just, yeah, yeah, we mentioned it last week when we retired after 40 years. And it seems, and retired, quote unquote, pushed out the door. Is that, see, I didn't know that part. Yeah, there was, they're moving him into the front office. 
he's or some like kind an emerit- of ambassador yeah. role. Yes, yeah, yeah. emeritus role where he'll go so around. So that's what it. I didn't know that. That's reading between the lines. There seems to be more and more rumblings about that. In fact, in my list of questions for PA today, that is one that I have for him. Oh, is what's I going didn't on? Know that now, what I would anticipate. Corey Forty Pro- years. Yeah, Corey Provis is excellent. Is he? He's really good. Mm-hmm. He's the radio guy for the Twins. Yep. He used to be the Cub- Cubs fans probably remember him when he was the the number three guy, the young guy, right? Well, wasn't he three with the Twins for a while? No, when he, he got no, he went to the Padres. I believe was his next stop after the Cubs. But he was the fill in guy on radio and did an inning usually every game, something mm-hmm. like that. For a while, went to I think it was San Diego before he got the Twins job, and. The anticipation is that's what they're doing because Corey Provis has opportunities. Does he? There are opportunities. They don't want to lose him. Well, you wonder if it's a bidding war between, if say Corey Provis turns out to be the guy that the Cubs want to go after. Who's going to get the White Sox? Or the White Sox, excuse yeah. me, yeah. Corey Provis, back to Chicago. Uh-huh. But they wouldn't have known this when they pushed Bremer out, though, because this this kind of seemingly was uh, caused as much reverberations as Craig Council did earlier in the week. But inside, we didn't know it on the outside. Media didn't know it. But were there things going on behind the scenes where other people Great knew it too? question for Cappy next week. I yes. might have to text him in advance of that. Looking at Pro, uh, Corey Provis's bio, because I, I want to see where he grew up. If he was a, Yeah, he's from Highland Park. Mm-hmm. But again, he worked for the Cubs. Maybe he's a Cubs fan. I don't want to call White Sox games. You don't know. Mm -hmm. He's got opportunities because he's really good, too. The interesting world of television broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And in the American League Central, which seems to uh, all surround by. Anyways, well, good stuff there. Iowa State uh, men play tonight. The Iowa women play tonight. Iowa women have a really tough game by Mm -hmm. the sounds of things, right? What's the point spread? So... Right now it's Circa. They yeah. have the line up. Iowa, this is in Charlotte, so neutral site, but mm-hmm. not really neutral mm-hmm. site. There'll be more Vatek, Vatek yeah. 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 A lot more Vatek fans there. Uh, Hawkeyes favored by two. I thought it'd be the other way. I thought Vatek would be a slight favorite in this game. What time does it tip? I want to say it's 7 o'clock. It's an ESPN2 broadcast. I do know that. Yeah, 7 o'clock on the deuce tonight with Virginia Tech and Vatek. They returned basically everybody from their Final Four team a year ago. They gave... LSU a lot better game than mm-hmm. I would. I think mm-hmm. they easily could have won that game against LSU. I mean, that's this is a really, really talented team. And it starts in the middle with uh, with Kitley. She's 6'6". She's really mobile. She's so smart. She's just an excellent basketball player. They got a couple of high-level guards, good defensive guards. This is a tall task. In fact, you tell me right now, I'd grab Vatek in the two. Yeah. That's where I would be on this one. And Maybe by the time we get around to about eleven or twelve fifty here, ah, okay. that might be part of the place here. But Kitley, twenty seven eleven, first time out. She is an absolute stud. And you know, the decision we didn't even mention because it was fairly Dickinson that Iowa played the Iowa women, but the decision where it felt like almost a foregone conclusion that Addison O'Grady was gonna be the starter at, at the post position, and then it was Sharon Goodman that got the start. Both six foot three. Goodman, though, I think is more of the style of a Jan Jensen post player. She gets it up quick. Where you saw Grady last year when she played, there's almost a lot of thought to what she was doing, right? Goodman, when she's healthy, and she hasn't been healthy until looks like this year, she's one where you look at Sonano, what she was able to do, go back to Gustafson. You get the ball, no dribble. You get it and just go up. I mean, how many times the last six years (laughs) have we seen these Iowa post players and the way that she coaches them, Goodman is better in that role. 
How many times did Sonato put the ball on the floor last year? The, wasn't there a game where she scored like 26 and didn't have a dribble? I, th- I, th- I think she had like single digits combined for the year. There was something stupid that came out. Yeah. And, I, and I remember just talking about that. Um, but yeah, she had a game where she scored over 20. Catches the ball and goes up. And didn't dribble the basketball. Right. Yeah. That's, ball doesn't touch the floor. And that's. Until it goes through the net. And Goodman is much better at that okay. than O'Grady. Now, you got two competent post players. That's mm-hmm. a good start. And Hannah Stolke, I know it was against Fairleigh Dickinson, as we've been having to say with basically every one of these yeah. games so far this season for everybody. She, Except for Lipscomb last night. She, right, in the first she, 20 minutes. Lipscomb was the team, right? Yeah. Now, they go to Iowa State this week, too, right? Are, aren't they, it's, are they Sunday's clones opponent? I, I don't remember offhand what it was. Nor do I. They're going to be sticking around. Yeah. But uh, Hannah Stolke, yeah. she is so different than a post player that Iowa's had in a long time. Her athleticism... And the belief that Caitlin Clark has in her, where she's going to throw it to her. And she knows that Stalky's mm-hmm. going to be able to catch it. She knocked down a couple of threes. Mm-hmm. She was hitting her free throws. Because post play will be okay. But if you get a power forward that's playing at a high level like Stalky, you replace what you lost from a year ago, she can be all Big Ten good. She's that talented and as athletic of a post player as they probably ever had in the Bluter era. Uh, no, I, uh, Idaho State plays. Oh, uh, it's yeah. the Bengals. The Bengals. It is the Bengals. Yes. That's a noon tip on that. the plus. You did have that. Uh, I might have bet on Idaho State a time or two in my life. Uh, Lindenwood's a 34-point dog tonight at Hilton. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big number. It's a big As number. it should be. I'm not sure how much of it will see, even though it's on, it's on the on really? plus. What well, do you I'm going gonna... to watch some Iowa State wi- or some Iowa women. Uh-huh. The NFL game, I I know you're locked and loaded. I will watch it. Yeah, it'll be part of the rotation. Sure, Jets, Preds, maybe a little bit. Okay, Uh, is there a? um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Yes, but um, yeah, if Iowa State's toying with this team, it was hard to watch after the first five minutes of the second half of the Green Bay game the other day. I mean, just not. It's not competitive. It really isn't. See, Michigan State bounces back against Southern Indiana. Is that who they play? No, no. Here's one for you. I don't know if there's going to be TV, though. New Mexico with mm-hmm. uh, little Ricky Patino. Yeah, who's apparently a pretty good, pretty good team this year. Against St. Mary's. Okay. New Mexico was the last undefeated team in college basketball a year ago. There's a bar bet for you. Yeah. If you're looking for uh, one to get an extra drink, try to see and give somebody 10 guesses. I don't think they're going to come up with that no, one. No, nor do I. But, uh, yeah, little Ricky's got himself a pretty darn good team yeah. this year by all accounts. So we'll see as this thing uh, plays itself out. Baylor's playing right now against John Brown. Not my buddy John Brown. A, apparently, a school called John Brown. What would that be? Eleven a.m. tip. I guess against John Brown. What do you think the attendance is for that? That's, Not very. That's probably the little kid special, right? Oh, that's they, they gave away well, like all the Waco parking schools. lots full of school buses. Yes, for yeah. for sure. And the screaming. You, have you been down to any one of those games, either for the Wild or the Wolves? Yes. When they have, it, yep. it is such a different. It is fun. I mean, it, it's different. I'm, you probably don't think is as fun as I was. No, it'd be okay. I mean, I was. I was last um, one of the last wild games I was at was a school day special. Yeah. And you get the screaming kids oh, and, screaming, and, oh, and the yeah. iCubs. They do it. Yes. At least they used to do it in the past. Uh, they would have their uh, their day games at the end of the school year in May. The busload after busload would show up at the ballpark to, to watch the uh, iCubs. So, uh, anyways, you know. So we talked a little bit about the prime timers. They're not the best. No. What do you make of the line on Sunday night? The Jets and the Raiders. It's essentially a pick 'em. Jets Raiders. Jets maybe favored by a point. Yeah, I see a half point right is here. That what it um, is? They posting what it, you, you just ha- have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Period, and they can't move the football. No, they got Zach Wilson. Yeah, 
But can't you score? What are you going to need to beat the Raiders in this game? 17. That's the number I came up with. Can they? Well, if they get a defensive score. <laughs> they kind of remind me of the Hawks yeah, in some ways. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like we're talking about the Hawkeyes it, here. It does. Trent, I love the Jets in this spot. I guess you I'm did. showing my cards okay. for tomorrow. Okay, well, you're red hot. You're at 72% on the year, by the way. You are 37-13 and 13 against the spread that's, this year. That's bananas. You would be in the top 15 in the Circa Millions contest right yeah. now. Except there's college. Right, yeah. We do it a little different, yeah. but it's still five picks a week. Yeah, yeah. And if you were hitting at that same level, you'd be talking about having a nice check coming your way. Mm. What's different this year? Are you looking at anything differently? Yeah, playing some dogs. Yeah, a little bit dog. more. Not all favorites, that's know. good. Not, I don't know, maybe. I want to beat you before I retire. <laughs> Right? It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, where are you at? Because you're having a decent year. Yeah, I'm 26, 23, and 1. Okay, that's so, usually, I mean, I, that's what I strive for. I'm making money. Right. 52.4% is break even. I'm at like 53.2 right now. So I'm making money. I'm scratching out a living. I'm beating you in our best bets. Mm-hmm. You take away your best bet. Yeah, because I my best bet last week was Georgia. They that was your only play. loss last week. Yeah. You're 6 and 4 on your best bet. So take those away. You are. 31 and 9 against the spread. Take it away, your best bet. So don't start telling me, folks. I'm, I'm not this good at making it. <laughs> You're not feeling it, huh? No, I'm, I'm not. But I'd love the Jets on Sunday night. I can't come up with a cap for that. It's just bad football, bad football. It is bad football. <laughs> but, it's, of, but it's the Jets' defense is a top, I don't know, three defense in football? Yeah, that's it's certainly top five. Absolutely. The Willies brothers are unbelievable. Yes. Sauce Gardner, oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they got some dudes on this team. But the offense, the offensive line, as good as the defense is, the offensive line might be the 32nd best offensive line in football. Exactly. And the quarterback is awful. Yes. And Brees Hall is really good. Yes. But behind a putrid offensive line. You know who's having a bad year? Lazard. Oh, yeah. yeah dropping balls and, mm-hmm. and getting called for penalties. Here's and he's me. hurt. He's banged up. He's on the injury he, list this on the week list with again? Yeah. Um, where would this team be if they had number 12? So it's scary to think, I think, Trey, because with Rodgers mm-hmm. instead of Zach Wilson mm-hmm. and that defense, this team is, I don't know. They would have beaten the Patriots in the third game. I don't think they would have beat the Cowboys in week two. They would have beat the Patriots. The Chiefs game was down to the wire, but that's kind of the way the game played out. I don't know if you can put maybe more than they might be five and three as opposed to four and four. I don't know if the difference. Mm, yeah, yeah they'd know. be better offensively. Sure, but get into game management and those kind of things. I don't know if the record would actually be that much different. Well, the 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 the, uh, the playbook would be a lot. There'd be a yeah. lot more chapters. Um, I don't know. They're they're a really good team. Anyways, we will uh, put that on the side for now. And finally, here in our opener, Noah Shannon. The news came down yeah. along with uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah last night. Why were we led to believe that there was going to there was that they were going to be allowed back on the field last weekend? Because of they October. allowed them to practice. Because they said this is what we're sending to the committee is if you do bet on your university but not your team. So who sent that to begin with? The NCAA. And then the NCAA went back on what they originally planned on doing. It had to go to committee because so it was the committee. that, yes. that eighty six. This is the committee that came up mm-hmm. with it. Now who's part of this committee? Who knows. Hmm. It's a faceless organization, mm-hmm. a bunch of pencil pushers that get mm-hmm. together and say, nope. Now, is there pushback from 
Penn State Wrestling? Is there pushback from another member yeah, because institution? That, because that's the next domino to fall, right? Yeah, the four, four, I will be without four wrestling and starters And I will stay without how many? One? I don't remember the number offhand, yeah. But the you know, wrestling it hit Iowa hard. You did. It hit Iowa hard. Yeah. So then you put on your tinfoil hat and you get into, well, well, why? Because on the surface, this made sense. The initial three weeks ago, mm-hmm. okay, you made a mistake. Yep. This is not... But any, you've paid the price. You, yes, you pay a price. Essentially, you've missed two out of the three months of college football. Right. And going forward, look, if you make this mistake, well, you'll go through the class, you'll figure things out. And if you do it again, then yes, there's mm-hmm. going to be major implications that are going to happen. Instead, yeah. nope, sorry. And for all these seniors, your career's over. Hanukkah, does he have a COVID year left? Great I question. thought he has... I, I think... He has the ability to come back. Shannon, no. Nope. He was a six-year guy. Yeah, I think Hanukkah is. Um, does he want to? And I guess he was practicing. Yeah. Which was um, kind of uh, in the clandestine a little bit. We knew Shannon was because mm-hmm. Aaron said he was. Yeah. He uh, was ready to go. He would have played 30 snaps yeah. if he would have got the thumbs up. Hmm. Instead, career over. Yeah. For betting 30 bucks yeah, on no. Iowa to beat South Carolina. In, in basketball. And he basketball. was over 21. And he has no connections to the women's team. Didn't have a girlfriend on the team. Yeah. Didn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Come on. Common sense. We're talking... We're talking about the NCAA, Trent. You just tried to use that in the same sentence. Thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Different conversation. Uh-huh. It was 30 bucks. Let's use just a little bit of mental fortitude to get to a point that said, what's the NCAA set up for? To help student athletes, <laughs> is, is this helping? No, no, no. It's not. It's it's absolutely not. Is he combine worthy? <sighs> he would have been on the fringe a year. Ago. Well, with his injury, he wouldn't have been able to go to the combine, Ethan. Yeah. With the shoulder injury, but I'm but, thinking about this coming right, combine. Yeah. It's going to be fringe. Uh-huh. Kirk so, Ferentz, he's gonna. I think he's going to try to pull a lot of strings yeah. to make that. And he knows a ton of people in the NFL. If there's somebody that can make that happen, it'd probably be him. Uh, we'll take a time out. Before we do that, though, it's time for another opportunity for you to claim some NIL money. You can head to KXNO.com right now. The keyword this hour is bills. Bills at KXNO.com. Bills, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. We're back with Stephen Sipple from uh, On3 Media. Lee Sterling still to come. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings in 45 minutes. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com for details. It's time for Sip. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
<laughs> Stephen M. Sipple talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, let's get right to it. Stephen M. Sipple on 3 Media. Husker Illustrated over in Nebraska. Well, anywhere for that matter. Uh, but he covers the Huskers. Huskers trying to get that elusive sixth win. Maryland comes to town uh, this week before they head back on the road for a week. And then the Hawks on Black Friday. Hello, Stephen M. Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Boy, it sure felt like a game that uh, could have gone Nebraska's way. Turnovers again, biting the quarterback um, boy, you just uh, it just depends when you watch him, right? You're thinking to yourself, boy, this Harbrook's really can play a little when he's running the football, and then when he has to throw it, yikes! Uh, not the not the prettiest, but one that got away, Sip. One that got away. Uh, oh, it's a huge opportunity loss. Yeah, just, just huge. I mean, Iowa wins, of course, and they get a sit atop the division, but. You know, with Minnesota losing and Illinois losing, Nebraska's on the road against the team. That's on the road, but it's against the team that's lost six in a row. And I kind of, it was disappointing to me in that I thought that Nebraska was on its heels for, I'd say, 70% of the game. I mean, it was, and I, you know, it was trouble. I just thought it was trouble because they're getting beat at the line of scrimmage. And that was the big thing. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I was just kind of impressed with Michigan State because all I heard all week was how that, you know, they're torn apart by this, this Tucker scandal and the locker room must be terrible. And nope, they come out on their opening drive and score and they look good. Um, and I thought they, I thought they hung together really well. I just mainly would say Michigan took it to Nebraska. And we, we, all, we always say there's a, there's a fine line. The margin for error at Nebraska is really small. Mm-hmm. And it- Zip, uh, throughout the years, I've always had fun at Nebraska fan expense just because expectations are kind of crazy. They win a game and all of a sudden they're back in the national championship hunt. And that's dissipated here certainly over the last seven, eight yeah. years and, and gone down. But Say this thing does go haywire. You know, Maryland toss-up game this week, and they are on the losing end. Same thing next week at Wisconsin. Same thing to wrap things up. And and they don't even get that bull eligibility that felt like they were going to get there with a month to play. How ugly would it get it, understanding that the fan base, yes, is at a different place than they once were, 5-7 and seven and losing four consecutive to end the season? How bad would that be going into the offseason for the fan base? God, I don't even want to think about it. I, mean, I, I don't know that it would be catastrophic mm-hmm. uh, because we've seen this a lot now. I mean, we've seen catastrophic, guys. I've talked about it on your show before about how me and my dad back in the day, I mean, back in the 90s, would say, God, it'd be a fascinating social experiment if Nebraska, if Nebraska had sustained losing. Like, it would just be an interesting from a sociological standpoint. Well, it's no longer interesting, Trent. Um, it's, 
it's really not. It wouldn't be interesting. It would just be kind of a kind of a, probably an empty feeling. You'd still, uh, I think people would still have faith in rule, you know, because it's not, you know, the, you know, it's the future's the future. He, he, he's building for the future, but it would be. A, I don't know. I'm gonna tell you this. It wouldn't feel catastrophic. It, it would just feel like pain. Okay, it'd be dull pain. I don't want to see it, um, and I don't think it's gonna happen. By the way, I think. You know, I, I, what I would hope is they can squeak one out Saturday. And then I think I've said it around here. I really like their chance against, against Iowa. So I think they can still get two. Um, and I'm kind of optimistic that way. Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the, this time last week, the way we, we, we were making cases for Nebraska to represent the West. Well, they still win they out. Can. They win. Yeah, yeah, they can. It's still very much so there good. for them. Uh, you know who stood out to me a little bit this last weekend, Sip, was a guy I hadn't seen too much of? Um, a defensive lineman, number 91, Lenhart. Um, and he's young, right? Is he, is, is, is he one of the newbies? Yeah, he's a true freshman. And he, he was really strong, Kenny, early in the year. Then he got hurt, and it was a, you know, a few games. Well, he didn't play at least one game. And then there was a few games where he didn't play much. But he's a he's a he's he's a he's one of the guys they're counting on for the future, you know. Mm-hmm. He and a guy named Princewell. Um, I always hesitate to say his last name. It's really difficult. Uma Nealon. and those two guys. I'm going to tell you now are dudes, and they're they're really critical. I mean, they're critical this week. They're two of the guys that why are they critical because Talia Tagalabo. See, I can't say his name either. Talia. <laughs> Um, that Maryland quarterback is, you know, he's a little turnover prone. He's got yep. 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he's thrown for 10,000 yards in his career, and he's got a 66.8, 66.8 career completion percentage, and he can extend plays with his legs. He's athletic. And those guys, like you just mentioned, Cam Lenhart, Prince Will, there's a guy, Jamari Butler, uh, James Williams has come onto the scene here. This, this kid from, I think it's Iowa Community College, a little, a little college out there. He's a he's be, he's presented himself as a pass rusher. Those twitchy guys on the edge are really important in this game. And yeah, Lenhart's one of them. So yeah, they have. Hey man, they have, there's there's a couple of young guys in the program with very very bright futures on the defensive side. Maryland's talented. They're also doing a standard Mike Loxley Maryland team. Great start and collapsing down this stretch here. You talked about mental state last week with Michigan State and thought that was a broken team. Is there the hope that also Maryland comes to town broken themselves? Well, they're interesting. If you look at their schedule, it's it's fascinating to me. They beat Michigan State thirty-one to nine. That's scary for Nebraska fans in East Lansing, Maryland. Maryland handled Michigan State. And then the next week, they beat Maryland, or excuse me, Maryland beat Indiana. I think it was 44 to 17. Now, those two wins right now look really good, right? I mean, they, they do. Michigan State's Michigan State. They've struggled, but they buried them on their home field. Then, what, what it looks like to me is, then they go to Ohio State and lose 37 to 17, and they have not been the same yeah. since. 
They came back and lost to Illinois. Maryland lost to Illinois in College Park and then lost to Northwestern and then then got hammered by Penn State. It makes you wonder if that Ohio um, but right before the Ohio that really gets So they're up and down, which is a hallmark of, you know, inconsistency is the hallmark of mediocrity. And Maryland is mediocre. I mean, they're just, they've been mediocre and they are mediocre. But if they, but if you get them on the wrong weekend, it'll be tough. Uh, so we got 15 seconds left. Uh, Harburg going forward, is there a chance Sims gets more playing time? No, it doesn't look like it. Harburg's the guy. Harburg's the guy. Sip, we'll talk to you in advance of the Wisconsin game. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your lunch. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Simple making his way through rural Nebraska to yet his latest. Another chicken dinner. <laughs> Another chicken. chicken lunch. Chicken luncheon. Uh, turkey, gravy. The Rotary Club. The Rotary Club. Lions. Whoever will have them. I uh, love it. We'll take a time out. Lee Sterling joins us next hour two. Mike Palm and Paul Allen and Chicken Coop Opportunity. Trent's Plays, Miller and Condon. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portation 106.327. 227. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. The key word this hour was Bill's. Another one coming up here in about a half an hour. Uh, in about 25 minutes, Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, will join us. We'll take a look at the Vikings and the Saints and look back to that improbable uh, victory with Josh Dobbs last week. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joins us. Opine on a handful of games before he shares his uh, game of the day with us. Lee, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, starting to get into the feeling, you know, holidays coming up. So love this time of year. But we're going to have to change some things. You know, we have the pie judging contest. So we're going to be in New York City. So there's a chance we may have to do it. Um, we might even do it during the Macy's Day Parade. So uh, everyone stay tuned. <laughs> we'll uh, definitely uh, make that work. Well, Lee, as we uh, before we get into the games, I had a question for you on the Iowa Hawkeyes. This team that continues to win games in the most improbable fashion. Right. Um, we know Kenny White, another handicapper, very well. Your model, your statistical profile that you put together and the numbers that you plug in, how different do you have to make it for this Iowa football team? And when you're doing totals and you're doing things like that and, and you're going through because the way that you handicap basically every other team in college football, yeah. it has to be different than what you do with the Hawkeyes. Yeah, not just uh, because of their offense. It's what they do to other teams' offenses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's tough. I mean, I sometimes I'm still two, three points high on estimating my totals there, but uh, I don't think we ever saw, thought we'd start seeing totals below 30. But nope. that's the case. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the problem with me in playing low totals is sometimes one, you know, pick six or – 
you know, one kickoff return or one strange play, sometimes that can be the difference between winning and losing. No doubt about it. We're going to get to that uh, game here in a moment, but we kick things off in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, they're favored by two and a half against Central Florida. Uh, something just stinks with this line. UCF in year number one of the Big 12, they're four and five. Okie State playing as well as anybody, not just in the Big 12, maybe in the country with what they're doing with Ali Gordon. Help me out here because this thing, looking for a stinky line, I think this is the stinkiest of the week. Well, a lot of people probably think it's a trap here, but what a job that this coaching staff at Oklahoma State has done. I thought it was their least talented team in maybe 20 years. They have really come together. Obviously, you mentioned Ollie Gordon. I think he's even a cut above UCF's running back, R.J. Harvey, who has four straight 100-yard games here. But the problem here for Oklahoma State is they just have so many weaknesses. They had a couple key guys leave in the offseason on their defense. They lost their center. Maybe a second, third rounder, the center, went to Miami. And eventually they get worn out against better teams. And they just, you know, they usually do real well in conference, but they're one in five straight up and against the spread in Big 12 play where Oklahoma State loses their first and then wins five straight, five and one now straight up and against the spread. Also six and one, they seem to play well as a road favorite here. So Oklahoma State doing it with takeaways, 13 takeaways the last five games. That's plus eight turnovers. That's going to win you a lot of games here. So, uh, seems like maybe a letdown spot for Oklahoma State, but um, they are a Big 12 contender, not a pretender like UCF here. UCF's tough at home in the bounce house, but I'm going to keep riding Oklahoma State 38-34. All right, let's stay in the Big 12, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, and Texas Tech this week, Kansas uh, knocked off the clones last week. Texas Tech, mm-hmm. one of the most disappointing teams in the conference. Kansas, the Jayhawks, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I can't trust Texas Tech on the road. I mean, they're pretty good at home. Uh, they had to play one game with a third-string quarterback. They got uh, one of their best two quarterbacks back last week, but they're minus six in turnover ratio. And how about this on the road? Two and 14 straight-up run since two, 2019. They are six and 10 against the spread in those games. I think the Kansas defense quietly under the radar, coming around, not missing as many tackles and and different assignments. And Jason Bean, I think the green lights come on. He is the guy right now. I like Kansas, 38-28. Iowa State, after that loss to Kansas, goes on the road searching for bowl eligibility against BYU. BYU has not played very well their last couple of times out, though. They've been pretty good overall this season at home. Cyclones favored by a touchdown, Lee. Yeah, BYU has lost their last two games. I can't remember them losing two in a row like this, 72-13. to <laughs> Iowa State... Uh, had won three straight until that close loss to Kansas. Just one of those games that you just kind of felt they weren't able to get over the hump from the start here. Uh, every big play seemed like one against them. This might be BYU's only chance to get to 6-6 six and six because they've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State left on the schedule. Iowa State uh, with Texas and Kansas State. BYU, rushing offense number 129. Yikes. Iowa State a little bit better at 109. Uh, just think this BYU quarterback situation is a disaster here. At least Iowa State has a quarterback. I think the breaks go better this way here. Also, the officiating can't, can't be as bad as last week. Cyclones 27-17. All right, let's do the Hawks yep. and Rutgers. Iowa's at home. They're a very slight one-point favorite over Rutgers. Shano's done a terrific job. Yeah. Iowa has outgained uh, just one team this year, Western Michigan. I was only score last week, block punt. I mean, geez, Louise, <laughs> Rutgers 
has a top 40 run offense with a quarterback who can pick up yards with his legs here. Winsup, he is, uh, I think he's the first quarterback, dual threat quarterback that I was faced this year. So I think this is a tough matchup here for Iowa. Cade McNamara, who hasn't played since the end of September, is still the leading passer for this <laughs> Iowa team. And special teams for Rutgers right there up with Iowa here. Their kicker, Patel, 11 for 13 on the year. Drew Stevens, 14 for 18. So statistically, he's actually even a little bit better here. This one is going down to the wire. Rutgers, 10 to 8. <laughs> I love it. All right, the big, like a baseball score. <laughs> Michigan, Penn State. It's a monster game. So many questions. So much intrigue, really, on both sides. Franklin trying to get over the hump against a good team, and Michigan with everything swir- swirling around them. Four and a half is the number. Wolverines favored. I think Tim Franklin is going to show something. He's going to maybe try a trick play. He's got to get on top early. He can't play from behind with this team. I mean, they went on the road last. Uh, month they were ranked number three in the country they had played nobody could not move the ball oh for 15 on third down conversions till the last minute now michigan ranked number two or three whichever poll you look at they haven't played anyone either this is their first tough game the entire season here uh just think that you got when you got the number one and number two defense here you you, you take the four and a half points especially at home I think Penn State's going to pull off the shocker. Mm. Team favorite, Penn State, outright 24-14. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that would cause some havoc to the college football playoff rankings. Hey, you know, I said this year, after like two or three weeks, I don't think there's any one great team. What happens, you, you probably know the, 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 you know the tiebreakers better than I do, all three teams end up uh, with one loss, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. Who goes? It goes to the fifth tiebreaker, which would be opponent Common record opponent, right? from no opponent record from the West Division. So the three teams that they play, you add up their records, and that's what it would get to. So Penn State, with having that game against Iowa, Iowa yeah. they could be in really good shape. Wow. Long as assuming wow. Iowa wins out or mm-hmm. keeps on going. Right. Well, there's your answer, Lee Sterling. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we shall see. Uh, your play of the week this week. If the if the uh, audience wants more information, it's a Big Twelve game. West Virginia on the road. Oklahoma just a thirteen point favorite. I thought it'd be you know north of the two touchdowns, but it's not. It's thirteen. If the audience wants more info, how do they reach you? Well, we're going to find out if Oklahoma can get back off the mat. They've lost two straight games. Can they lose a third? And West Virginia supplies surprisingly six and three. They could be seven and two. They didn't have that Hail Mary go against them in the Houston game. You want to get it for free. First five callers call 800-400-9741. First five callers get Oklahoma and West Virginia on me. And biggest weekend ever. We rate our games from 10 to 50 units for the first time ever. We have a 40 to 15 playing college football on Saturday and an NFL game on Sunday. Normally, you've got to be a monthly or season subscriber to get these. I'm opening it up. Both of those games plus five other big college and NFL games, $117. We're 